0: Today, the Quantum Questions podcast on the subject of what is love, Lucy Patterson will be interviewing Advaitananda Stoyan. Lucy is the creator of the Who Am I series and the co-founder of the Quantum Questions. She has also been a breath coach for over 30 years, leading seminars and running a private practice. Advaita Nanda Stoyan is the Senior Director of the Atman Federation, coming from a quantum physics background. He brings together his revelations from deep states of meditation. His 30 years of intense spiritual practice with his knowledge of the science of the quantum world. If you'd like to know more about the quantum questions, please go to the website www thequantumquestions.com
1: I'd like to welcome all the listeners today to the Quantum Questions podcast. Today I have the great privilege and honor of talking with Advaitananda Stone on the profound question of what is love. So welcome to you Advaitananda. Thank you. Advaita has been Practicing meditation and esoteric inquiry for the last 30 years. His background is in quantum physics, and through many, many years of practice, he has tested scientific theories and boundaries within the quantum world. And through that, he has gained great insight into. Answering such amazing questions like "What is love?" So I can't think of anyone I would rather ask this question to. So I chose this question uh, at because it's something that people search for on Google a lot. They type in "What is love," and there is a, a crisis of love out there, from what I see. People have Fleeting moments of great love, and they have babies they fall in love with, they have lovers they fall in love with. Sometimes, when someone dies, it creates a huge opening of the heart, and then in between, there's this chaos, detachment, hurt, confusion.
2: What is going on with love? Yeah, the. subject is not only the most searched uh, topic on google but it is probably one of the most spoke of topic of um, the human uh, existence and uh, also probably one of the most written about So, we didn't wait for Google to discover what Mm -hmm. is love. Uh, We actually ask this question for millennia. And uh, we do it because the experience of love is profoundly related to our identity. You see, we can say from this perspective that the way we love defines... The I, the way we exist, but not in terms of uh, how, what labels we attach to ourselves, to our personality. But um, the experience of love is deeply rooted in I exist, in this profound feeling of existing. That's the reason why when people stay for a very long time without love, without even loving a pet, a flower, um, or something, they feel that uh, their entire existence doesn't make sense. On the other hand, when we fall in love, it seems like everything falls in the right place. And actually, it doesn't fall in the right place as such. We are in the right place. And the right place is where we are. Now, of course, it sounds like a little bit strange for somebody listening because they will say, but wait a second, I am where I am. Yes and no, to give a quantic answer. Yes, no, maybe. (laughs) Because we assume very often to be somebody we are not. We assume to be somewhere we are not. And because of that, we get estranged from our own reality, for, from the reality of who we truly are. Now, the experience of love, when we are deeply, radiantly in love, is bringing us back to the origin. It's bringing us back to the reference point, if you want. From where we measure the map of the world, from that zero point where all roads are measured, at least for us in this world. So because because of this um, is something profoundly related to the way we experience our entire life. That's the reason why millennia after millennia, people were coming back to this. Uh, question what is love or uh, to this quest for the perfect love? because in reality, that quest for love is indirectly a quest back to who we are. So that's um, well, in a very simplified way what's going on at the at the root of this. Of course, We don't know much about these elements and today we ignore them. Today we choose to replace the profound experience of love with the objects of our love. And that is where confusion appears. So every time a person that we love enters in the room, we feel happy. After that is repeated a few times, we develop a kind of reflex. We develop a kind of involuntary association to think, and I want to underline think, not feel, to think that every time that person is in the room, it makes me happy. Without realizing that the source of happiness and the source of love that we manifest is within, not without. And because of that, We mix love, instead of um, allowing it to merge with our soul, we mix love with external conditions, with the object of it. Like, for instance, with the person that we love. Or sometimes the situation that we love very much. We love to be in a certain position. Uh, We love to be in a certain context. We love to be uh, sometimes experiencing uh, pleasure or experiencing certain aspects of life. Or we love a person. We love a child that we have. We love a um, person that we fall in love, a parent. But all these are objects. Due to the fact that we're not aware of this mechanism, We start to attach the idea of that object with the experience of love.
1: So, you're saying a child could be treated like an object for love? Well,
2: yes, we love the child, but the child is what triggers the love. The love is inside of us. As long as we are aware of this and we don't lose sight of that, then we never lose. Contact with the source of love, which is inside of us. And you see, that's one of the problems, one of the sources of um, pain and sufferance in love. Like, for instance, you love someone and that person which you love so deeply and makes you happy because you love that person, does something that uh, hurts you or you think it hurts you anyway. <clears throat> and then, of course, there is a conflict inside of you because you, you feel that uh, that person should be the source of happiness and pleasure and uh, fulfillment, but not the source of pain and sufferance. And then there is a conflict where? Inside of us, because the other person might not even acknowledge yeah. that he or she hurt us. So, of course... The reason why the conflict is inside is because we are the source of both the feeling of love and also the appreciation, the judgment of the hurt. So, and then we cannot cope with this because we don't see that these have two distinct sources inside of us. We still love that person. And that person is free even to do things that we consider to be hurtful. We can't uh, control the options of the other one, but we are still the source of love for that person. So when we mistake this, when we merge them unconsciously inside of our being, then of course we generate tensions and conflict inside of us. And that is... The source of a lot of uh, problems that appear in love relationships, including family relationships, uh, which are based on certain forms of love, but then it appears uh, familiarity, it appears uh, the routine that we have uh, in um, when we see somebody every day on on a daily basis, and even though we say I still feel love for you yet there are other let's say side effects of uh, our actions together when we get used there is not so much excitement anymore we start to speculate we start to think associate uh, all kind of other experiences with that person good experiences sometimes bad experiences so we grow a history there
1: so that is that is what familiarity does
2: among other things yes it makes us numb to the freshness that love always has.
1: very sad
2: yeah it is it's practically familiarity is hiding the source of love as well as the reality around us when we get used even when we get used with the a sensorial perception our um, brain have the capacity to isolated, to rule it out, to fade it out from our um, spectrum of uh, perceptions, immediate perceptions. So we get used with it. And therefore, we become numb. We lose the ability to perceive with, with um, intensity. Yeah. That's uh, one price of getting used, getting used with different situations, getting used with people. And you see, that's the drama. In between two people who love each other intensely, love is the only feeling and energy that doesn't experience or doesn't go in routine. However, the rest of our being is almost having an insatiable appetite to build routines. We try to rule out the unknown from the environment constantly. We, we repeat one experience once or twice and after the third repetition we already know it and we say, yeah, that's it. I know it. We are on autopilot almost. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it's comfortable. But its uh, victim is love. The, the first victim of that is that Part of us, which is never get used. Actually, we even say sometimes, oh, this feeling never gets old. Yes. But unfortunately, we lose sight of its source. We don't remember where it comes from. Because we look outside and we have the impression that uh, love comes from outside. Look, I see you, I'm in love. I see you, I'm in love. Then, you're the source of love. Wrong. But with you, I can get used. And since I get used with you, I got used with love. So wrong. Because the source of love is in me.
1: Isn't it a connection between the two? In and out? uh,
2: Of course, no. the, The connection is when it's reciprocal. Yeah. You know, when you love a person, you feel that person as it becomes a part of you. the other one not necessarily feel the same and it's fine is absolutely no problem and um, it's amazing to see that actually our consciousness is what we feel about ourselves because we are uh, organically connected to this body then um, mostly We think about ourselves, that we are this body and our feelings and our... But, for instance, when two lovers make love, even organically, sometimes, they experience um, a state of union that is merging even at the level of the two bodies. And many times, lovers, especially when they learn superior ways of being erotic with each other they are amazed of being two in one and people say that and it's not a coincidence that generations after generations they were saying this why because actually in that moment they experience mutual love they experience reciprocity and that is the the double connection yeah but Sometimes it is not double. Like for instance, when a mother loves the child, and the child not always pay attention to that uh, love, doesn't reply in kind. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, with the same intensity. But the mother love is far more constant. and the mother even feels organically what the, the needs of the child are, even though the child sometimes cannot even talk. I mean, that's clear proof of that communication. But it's not always uh, reciprocal yet. The one who loves is capable to include the object, even though, of course, I don't want to reduce that if it's a person to an object. I'm just saying as the target, if you want, of love, to include it in his or her consciousness. And that makes it uh, so amazing because you see, among other things, what we seek in life is to expand our experience. That's why we're so curious. That's why people always try something new. Of course, when we become a little bit superficial and we don't in- encounter this consciously, we transform it into the insatiable need for adventure, shallow adventures, or insatiable need for news just to excite a little bit. Um, the mind only and a little bit the feelings but all in all it's the same um, seeking for a new frontier expansion ancient systems actually they were talking a lot about the essence of humanity being a state of controlled expansion from finite to infinite well I strip off a little bit some uh, uh, religious parts and some uh, specific expressions in Sanskrit or something, and that's what you get. But in essence, they all say the same thing. And, you know, the one um, energy and um, human experience that is profoundly expanding is love. When you're in love, you are merging with the environment. People, when they fall in love, they feel, they include the whole room in, inside, in their inner environment. They feel the other one so intimately. Now, that is a state of expansion. That is a state that we long for all our life. That's why we want to go out. People even say, I need to go out a little bit. I need to experience something more. I need a little bit something else. Well, the experience of love is, by definition, the most profound and easy form of expansion one can have. To include another universe, which is another human being. That's, or even, as I said, you can love a tree, you can love a a pet, and still, you expand unlike almost anything else uh, comparable in our daily life. That's why it's so amazing. But when we forget that we're the ones who are in love, then we start to depend on, we exteriorize it, we depend on on this source outside. But this love also seems to be a source of great pain.
1: From what I can see, or or is that just a different kind of love? Because not many couples, I think, split up and they actually still love each other, but they have to go through all this pain and heartache and arguments and
2: bitterness. Yeah,
1: yeah. is is that still love?
2: (laughs) The pain is not love. But listen, imagine the following thing. Uh, Imagine that you will be totally connected with an automobile. So you will not just drive the automobile uh, by some commands, but you will have some neural connections to the automobile, including to the external surface. Basically, this is your body. This is how our body is. It's like like a biological robot, to which our consciousness is connected with millions and millions of connections. So imagine you are connected organically to your automobile. You can feel when it gets closer to another automobile. You can see through the windows, through all the windows, and so on. Good. And imagine somebody comes and kick the surface. It will hurt you. But it hurts you just because you are you think you are the machine. Yeah? But if you open the door and step out, you go your way. And somebody can scratch the, your automobile in the, in the parking. You don't feel it. You will perhaps get angry when you come back and you see the result. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't pain you on the spot. You see, <clears throat> I, I gave you this example because it's the typical example of us mistaking, mistaking um, the source of awareness with the object it's the same with the pain in love uh, and or love relationships the pain is generated not by the love the pain is generated by the confusion it's plenty of that it's plenty of that it actually we don't get an education about love and this is quite uh, amazing it's such an important human experience and there are so many texts written people spend so much time talking and texting and and uh, crying and laughing about love and yet we don't have a course teaching us how to love or what is love and how to um, use this amazing human ability and how to develop it one of the things that um, I, it, for me it was shocking when I discovered it and I discovered it because I got some guidance from my teacher and I was so shocked I wanted to share with everyone around but I was surprised that it's not that easy to understand was to discover the fact, the simple fact, that I was the only one who loves. The rest of the people around me, they are the source of their love. The love that I feel is not the love that I receive. It's the love that I give. That's no matter how much I try. No, but I feel your love. The love that you feel being loved is never having the same effect on us as the love that we give. The love that we give stick to us. Now, why is it that important? It's because sometimes we forget. We become passive. So, we give love. In the beginning, we only give love. That's why the beginning of the relationship is so fabulous. In the beginning, we give love because we don't know what to expect from the other one. We're just in love. That's why it's so amazing. And by the way, a parenthesis here. If anyone wants to keep the beginning of the relationship forever, Never stop loving.
1: Easier said than done,
2: maybe. (laughs) You'll be surprised. It's exactly like learning how to walk. In the beginning, it looks scary, but you are very small, so you are not getting scared. And then once you learn it, it's not something that you have to concentrate on. You just do it. You concentrate on if you're drunk or something. Yeah, that's challenging. But otherwise, in normal conditions, Need to focus on it anymore. You just do it correctly. Exactly in the same way. If you learn correctly how to walk in love, you never fall from it. So um, this is the this is the reason why it is becoming painful. We become passive. We start to expect the other one to love us. And guess what? The other one does exactly the same. That's the ridiculous part. The other one goes through exactly the same process of passivization of love. They, they start to love and then they start to expect to be loved thinking that that's the source. It's so wonderful that you love me. No, it's so wonderful that I love you. That's the wonderful. The fact that you love me I can be just grateful for. I can be happy about it knowing that it's there and knowing its effects. When a person loves you, that person can, for instance, help you with exactly what you need. Not always what you ask for, (laughs) but what you truly need. That's uh, what a good friend does who loves you. That's what a lover does who loves you. So, It makes you happy because you know it's there and you receive the gifts. But it doesn't make you happy by doing it. Because we forget this genuine source of fulfillment and happiness, which is the love that we give, then we start to demand. And the other one does the same. Demand, 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 and it's a crisis. What happens when both parties demand and nobody supplies? crisis yeah so that's exactly what people experience and of course this is where you make room for hurt, for pain for disagreements you know one thing that is absolutely amazing in relationships is that in the moment you start to disagree if in that moment you have learned to walk in love so to speak and you remember about the love you have for that person, you will discover that actually in most of the cases, it doesn't matter the fact that the person did a mistake. You discover the capacity to forgive, but not to forget. Because you know, the interesting fact is, if you cannot forgive, you need to learn to forget. People, that's the reason why people have such bad memories today. Because they can't forgive, and the only alternative they have is to forget. They can't cope with inferior emotions, they can't cope with the mistakes their lover did. And then they start to forget. Is the only way to still be around? No. Forgive. But in order to forgive, you need to love. So, that's the, the interesting fact. Uh, the, this uh, love in a, in a couple relation, in a relationship generally even in family relationships they give us the right position to forgive, they give us the right position if to find the solution to conflictual situations a conflictual situation a disagreement that we might have in, uh, in a relationship for instance can be easily solved if the two take uh, time out, like uh, in different sports, they, they declare time out, and they first love again, they recall the love, it's also a possibility, you recall the love you have for that person, not the expecting love, like, oh, you used to love me so much. No, I used to love you so much. And then... You, you evoke that feeling until it's very intense. And now let's talk. You will talk at, at, com, in completely different terms the disagreement that you have there. Of course, there you will see something very peculiar. I've seen it uh, in my life and I've seen it in others as well. The so-called ego. I hear people saying, yeah, but if I am like that, How does he or she understand the lesson? First of all, who are you, again? Are you the lover or are you the punisher? Do you want to make justice in the universe? And of course, to this question, people are surprised. They say, no, actually, no, I don't think I should be the one um, straightening up the other one. Correct. But then, just love. And then the second amazing discovery is when you love the one who did something wrong and from love you point out look, that thing that you did hurt me. But when you say it you still love that person the impact that you just said the mirror you put in front of that person have maximum effect on him or her. This is proven already. It's scientifically proven. You want to give a correction to someone, give it from the heart. No matter how much you are right, justice without love is tyranny. Any relationships is the source of most of the problems. You know, there's a joke like this. Uh, people uh, fight for, fi- uh, for five minutes for a reason, and the next three hours they fight for what they said in the first five minutes. The proportion is not exaggerated, and I've seen it so many times. And then it's interesting that on this background of passive love, which is actually not love, a lot of problems start to emerge in the relationship as I used to tell different couples when they come with these problems, you're too busy not loving, doing something else than love. You should be busy loving each other, because after all, that's why you say you have a problem in a relationship. I don't think you came here to solve some disagreement you have in the kitchen, isn't it? No, no. We have a deeper problem. What should be the problem? That you don't love each other. Actually, you do love each other, but you forgot how to love each other. You forgot that each of you is responsible for your own love. Responsible. So therefore, when that love, when you forget about it, it's unattended, it makes room for problems. That's the reason why when you are firstly touched by love in a relationship, you're like under a spell. <laughs> yeah? and then people can even come to you and tell, oh, but she's not uh, whatever, mm-hmm. or he's not, are you crazy? Actually, the answer is yes. And research uh, on, the, on the neuropathology of love shows something quite interesting people present when they are deeply in love the same makeup in biological makeup as they took if they as if they took drugs <laughs> so yeah you are under you are high in that moment but that's a, that's a good high that's extraordinary some people say oh but it means it's an illusion what would you like to live a life It doesn't make sense to live a life in which you feel dislocated but you assume to be reality or to live a life where you fall in the right place all the time, where you are happy and fulfilled even though you are very high. So, anyway, this is the reason why people start abusing substances. They start to drink, they start to smoke, they start to abuse all kind of substance in an attempt to get high. That's why we even call it, you get high. But we have it inside. We can just maintain our state of effervescent love. But we forget, we forget about it. And then it gets cool.
1: I find it interesting that this is something we actually can learn, to learn how to love correctly, because you sort of think it's something almost spontaneous or haphazard, but there are actual skills to love correctly. Is that what I understand from what you're saying?
2: Yeah, well, skills um, as much as uh, walking is a skill, you know. So you learn how to do it. It's like we're all equipped for it. What could our
1: listeners do on a day-to-day basis to heighten the love?
2: Reinforce the love that you have. Remember the first moments of the love relationship. There are uh, techniques known in uh, different spiritual uh, practices for couples in which the two stay in front of each other Uh, They can look into each other's eyes or they can stay with the eyes closed and for a few minutes they recall the first moments when they were in love. But not the exterior, pay attention. Not the exterior, not, oh yes, she was wearing this blue dress or he was this uh, handsome man or something. Not the exterior part. (laughs) You might be disappointed. But the in the feeling. You see, this is a skill. Remember feelings. This is something we forget very, very much because we're not getting trained. So for a few minutes, you can do it every day. It's so healthy for a relationship. Even if you are happy in love with someone, just for a few minutes, recall the most intense moment of love you have for that person. The feeling that you have not the context when you have it. In time, you'll forget completely the context. You will just be able to strip off any form of con- uh, context and to focus only on the feeling of love that you have towards that person. This is a training that is so simple and it's so effective in relationships. I've seen relationships reborn out of this Simple exercise done every day, seven minutes in unison is best, meaning sitting in front of each other. But even if it is just one of the lovers doing it, it's already having a re- uh, an effect of restoration of um, the love that you have uh, for the other person. And then in time, you start to gain the sense of falling out. So every time you get busy with daily life, you get too much talk, and you get too much uh, turned on by exterior factors, you will have a sense of, oops, I fall out of love to you, to you, to, to your person. And then you can take a moment. Just like the Kung Fu masters, they take a moment and breathe in deeply, and they recompose their key and then they're ready to strike. This time, you recompose yourself, and you're ready to strike. The love. And then, interestingly, you'll, um, I've seen uh, people who, after doing such a uh, methodology, they confess uh, to us, to me and Adina, uh, who were the one giving them the advice. We used to fight. Almost after every little disagreement. Now I think, I think we, we should
1: tell everyone that you've been married for what's it, thirty-two years. You've no, been together. 30. We make thirteen soon. <laughs> it's quite an achievement. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's an achievement because you know, um, for us, it was uh, simply um, learning to walk. We were indeed extremely fortunate, I would say. To meet uh, a person who taught us these uh, simple but life-transforming mechanisms, and um, we just learned. We had the, I would say, spark of good craziness <laughs> to try. When we started, it was really a lot of doubts. Really, can't be that simple. Plus, we were very much in love with each other, and then, you know, the, the drama is when you are in the beginning you seem not to need it and when you are in need you seem not to be able this is happening also with our health tell to a young person live a healthy life <laughs> they laugh Of course. Because, you see, I am healthy. I'm so healthy. I can jump over uh, nights uh, without sleep. I can jump over meals. I can uh, even eat all kinds of things and drink all kinds of things. I'm so healthy. Immortal. Immortal. And after a while, when it's too late, usually, they realize they need. It's the principle of the... um, illustrated by the experiment with a frog. You put the frog in hot water, you throw the frog in hot water, the frog jump out. If you put the frog in lukewarm water and you gradually heat the water, the frog will boil. Because by the time the frog realizes, okay, it's too hot, let's jump, the muscles are paralyzed because of the heat. So it's exactly the same we do with many aspects of our life. We were, that's why I'm saying 30 years uh, of uh, happy marriage is in fact um, 30 years of walking the paths of life in love. But there were a lot of lessons to learn. So, yes, we've learned, we tried, it seems irrelevant. Um, We were having a game after a few years when we were uh, together. We have a game of let's fall in love it's a game invented by us <laughs> so in every moment one of us remembering about it will shout or, or whisper if we were in public which means in that moment no matter what we are doing we love the other one intense so that was the recall and you do it the other one do it and then if I remember it, I'm saying it. Let's fall in love. Let's fall in, love. in the beginning, it looked like a childish, silly game. Three weeks later of playing this game, but we were serious. We were playing it like children. Very serious. Three weeks later, every time one of us will mention, we were crying of ecstatic happiness. And this was four or five years of very happy, intense relationship love relationship so you would say what can be more than that this was our first question mark my goodness so so this is how much it can be we were in danger to stop here (laughs) we thought that the best is already behind us because yeah well after five years you are in love, but uh, the effervescence of the first two years, two, three years, starts to fade. Not only we regain the effervescence of the beginning, but playing this game, we start to discover heights of the intensity of love that were way beyond anything we have experienced. Uh, we were really f- famous among our friends. Famous, like they were saying, my goodness, you were like really teenagers, it's Your first relationship or what? (laughs) (laughs) So imagine discovering that is something more than that. This was our first, uh, both of us being scientists. Of course, we concluded "Hmm, we need to take it systematic because this is so much more. What if there is even more? Because of course, after uh, a while of playing this game, we tend because that's how the mind works. You tend to say, Hmm. That's probably the peak. It's nice we discover a new peak and that's it. That was Mount Everest of love. Well, actually, we discovered much more. So, yeah, it is, it is something that people can and should learn, in my opinion, since early age. And, um, but it's never too late. It's never too late. Even, I would say, very old people I've seen, we have the students, uh, 75-year-old, relearning love. So it's not like um, something that only teenagers can... Actually, with teenagers is difficult because of this uh, fact that they don't have experience and they think they don't need. Um, but um, everybody can learn to go back, of course, it is not easy because we have habits. Of course, we. when you mistake something for something else for a very long time, it's not enough just to realize once, okay, this is A and this is B. This is white and this is black. In a few minutes, it goes back to as it was. And you need to remind and in a couple relationship, you remind each other. It's possible, of course. But of course, the responsibility should be on ourselves. And that happens also with parents. That happens with the, a parent that is unconditionally loving the child, doesn't necessarily mean that the parent is, uh, for instance, not educating the child correctly. On the contrary, has the best chances. But when we mistake love with all kinds of other things, validation of our personality, projecting on the other one what we actually expect from ourselves, all the things parents tend to do, yeah, then hurt appear in that relationship. Hurt from the parent to the child as well as from the child to the parent. And Then if the parent understands this simple truth, you're the one Loving and love, as uh, beautifully Saint Paul used to say, love is enough to itself. You don't love because of, you don't love in order to, you love. That's it. You need to learn to rest your attention on the experience and the feeling of love. That's it. Without expecting anything, without uh, trying to obtain something, just, just to rest on the love, because then you will discover that that is the most fulfilling human experience you can have. So that's why you free yourself from all those extremely intricate emotional constructs that we build, starting from this very simple, fundamental human experience of love. And then you liberate practically the other one as well, from a almost like a prison that we built, using as, a, as a cement the feeling of love. <laughs> a poetic way to put it. Which, by the way, many poets were describing uh, the um, constructs that we do in the name of love as a prison. Then regretting that I put you in the prison of my uh, uh, love and then you try to liberate the other one from this confinement and all the pain that, yeah, it it hurts because it's um, a moment of getting out of an illusion and you get disillusioned. But it's healthy. That was
1: very wonderful. Thank you, Advaita Nanda. And I think uh, many of the listeners will have some tools to think about and hopefully have been touched and to feel about. And And hopefully will have been touched and inspired. Thank you very much. It's really wonderful.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been the Quantum Questions production. If you would like to know more about The Quantum Questions, please go to the website www.thequantumquestions.com.